Hello, and welcome to the Fantasy Rewind Podcast. I am your co-host, Dylan Stoll, and I'm joined as always by my friend, Michael Wifford. Hey, hey, hey. So today, we're going to be talking about the penultimate episode for House of the Dragon, which is a fancy way of saying we're talking episode 9, House of the Dragon, titled... The Green Room. Wait. Not the Green Room, the Green Council. Well, you know. I mean, they all met in the room. They did. And they, they painted did. it green. Huh. Well, red. Well, they painted it red. Yeah. <laughs> all right. But yes, yeah, so we were talking the the penultimate episode here for House of the Dragon. The series is flying by, and we are definitely excited for seeing what the finale holds for us. But let's get ahead of ourselves. Let me just give you all the typical reminders here before we dive into the episode. So... As always, if you want to get in contact with the show, you can send us an email, which is fantasyrewindpod at gmail.com. You could get at us on Twitter, which is at fantasyrewind. We're also available on Instagram, which is at fantasyrewindpod. All right, without any further delay, let's dive into the rewind. Fantasy Rewind. All right, Mike, so before we get into this here, just general impressions. What did you think of episode nine? Really upsetting in a good way. Okay, okay. What you got? So, I mean, you know, obviously all the conflict. Like, it just, there was every sort of twist and turn you got here. You just kind of ended up like, no, don't do that. Or change this. Or, like, you wanted things to work out better, I guess. And how yeah. it ended, you wanted, um, and obviously they couldn't have done this otherwise. They wouldn't have had a series. But we really wanted... Uh, oh my gosh, what's her? A favorite? little more action from Rainies. Yeah, I wanted Rainies to just say Jakaris. Oh, everyone and their mother were like, "Come on, come on, just say it!" it. Jakaris, yeah. Jakaris, burn those. How many people screamed Jakaris on their couches <sighs> <laughs> while they know. were sitting there watching Rainies stare down Allison? Uh, yeah. So, what, what about you, Dylan? What were your uh, overall thoughts on the episode? Mine are very emotional, no. obviously. Yeah, I, I quite enjoyed it, uh, as always, of course. Um, I liked how they slowed the show down a lot for this episode. Mm-hmm. Because you got to remember that this is basically a direct continuation from the last scene we saw from episode 8, where King Viserys has just died. Yeah. The queen <laughs> is, she left the room before he actually passed away. He was still raspy breathing when she left. But the queen leaves, finds out that the, that the king is dead, and all of a sudden, minutes stretch and stretch and stretch. And they do this episode in, like, half of a day. Yeah. Like, if that. And it's just rushing right on through, like, the busy day and lives of conspirators for the crown in this episode. And so I thought it was a great episode. Um, I really enjoyed that, like, kind of microchasm, how it felt like a very closet-sized episode, mm-hmm. and that it slowed everything down and was self-contained in the in the keep and in King's Landing. Um, we didn't have too many different storylines jumping around, but all in all, it was good. All right, Mike, why don't you take us through and we'll go through the episode here. So my notes are a little sparse this week, but uh, we'll start off here where... We kind of um, intro in, and it's a very somber, kind of very quiet Red Keep, which is diff- different. And we come to find out that it's very, it seems like it's very early in the morning, at least. 
Mm -hmm. So only the servants are up and about, and it's because they found out that the king is dead, uh, the little boy did, and he told the handmaiden, and she went and told Queen Alicent. (laughs) Uh, And then Queen Alicent calls a small council meeting, pretty much, with her father, the hand of the king. Um, And she lets them know that the king is dead, and that he, on his deathbed, wished for Aegon to be king. Which, this right here is a straight-up lie. However, Allison doesn't know that it's a lie. Yeah, because in her defense, as much as Allison had wanted this to happen, she heard what she wanted to hear from her conversation with Viserys. And in his fever dream, he said, Aegon, the prince that was promised. And she took that as, I want our son Aegon who is the prince that was promised to take over the throne here. You know, so she heard what she wanted to hear and just is running with it. And being like, he wanted Aegon to be king. This is not a lie. Believe me. And everyone's like, sure, yes, he said this. Yo, I couldn't believe this. Cole, so one of the lords... uh, He's just snapped. Yeah, he is. He's a a rabid dog, pretty much, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, one of the lords, Lord Bailey or Lord Beesbury, Beesbury basically says he's not going to stand for this. He doesn't believe it, and he's he's right on the money. And Cole right. just goes right. over and you? says, tells him to sit down, but does it by slamming his head and killing him. And there's no repercussions for this. This is no, what I find none. crazy. So apparently, you can just kill a lord, and there's nothing, nothing anyone can do about that. Well, the reason why is because of who Sir Kristen Cole has become. He is the queen's favorite. And the queen's personal sworn protector. And you see in the room, everyone's like, oh no, like what just happened? Like what did you do? But everyone's too afraid to say anything because if they offend Cole, they'll offend the queen. And the Mm. queen is the power in the realm right now. (laughs) Viserys is a toothless lion right now. And the high towers, both the hand and the queen, are the real powers in Westeros at this time. Hmm. that's yeah anyway they begin talking about how they've had this all in the works for a while and this is how uh lord beesbury gets really upset because they they've been planning this they're proving themselves to be traitors and when allison says oh he said it on his deathbed well uh excuse me like hold on you're all in cahoots and you've been planning this out no i'm not gonna believe you right Right. And Why would you? All of them are just a bunch of traitors. Oh, really makes me. It's because they are looking out for their own self interest, mm-hmm. and what's in their own self interest is keeping the status quo, which is the high towers in power. Yeah. Now, what I do like about Allison in this scene is that she genuinely didn't know. And also, when they're talking about how they're going to have to go and kill all of Damon's and all of the. All, Damon's and Renera's children. The, the, a lot of yeah. them. Allison's like, no. She's like, he did not want them dead. And he's just, he, the hand's just like, uh, they're, well, we're going to do it anyway. And so it really sets up this interesting conflict between the hand and Queen Allison, mm-hmm. um, which I liked in this episode quite a bit. I do think it's interesting, though, that Allison is kind of like, oh, I don't want them dead. 
because that is very different than what she would have been like an episode ago, you know, a little bit ago. Yeah, two episodes ago. Yeah, uh, I before do, the end of last episode. And we have the Lord Captain Commander of the King's Guard. King's Guard like resigns. Basically, he's basically. like, well, I don't know if he resigns necessarily, or more just like, uh, no, yeah, I'm not taking any commands from you. You're not the king. Until there is one, then I'm I'll enter them. But see you. I really wanted Cole to fight him though, because I wanted him to kill Cole. I uh, know that would have been great, but yeah, I took that scene basically as the Lord Captain Commander of the King's Guard being like, "I'm not your lapdog. Cole might be, but I'm not. Yeah. I'm have I'm a man of honor. I'm a King's Guard. I will defend the King. Mm-hmm. You're not the King. Correct. Get at me when we have one. Yeah. And I, I I wonder if this has to be in the back of Allison's mind, but if it was Renera there who is becoming the Queen like she was supposed to. Mm-hmm. There wouldn't be any threats of her killing Aegon or any of them, necessarily. Like, as much as her dad wants to feed her those lies, like, I don't think Renera would be sitting there like, oh, let's get everyone and go kill all the high towers." No. No, I don't think so either. Like I said, the reason for me that Renera would even consider that is because of the way Allison has treated her and her children. But I feel like they buried the hatchet a bit, you know? Well, yes, I meant before last yeah. episode. Like, last episode at the dinner there, it seemed like things got a little bit more resolved, cooler heads prevailed, until the children just were petulant. Yeah. Now, after this, we have the high ta- or the uh, Hand of the King and the Queen both get a group of soldiers, I guess, two, really, a pair King's of soldiers. Guard. Uh, King's Guard. Whether And for the Queen, it was the King and her son. And then for the King, it was the brothers. I don't remember their names. Um, yeah, a pair of brothers that were King's yeah. and then Kristen Cole and her son Aemond. And they're both the hunting for uh, Aemon or Aegon. Aegon. Yeah, hunting down Aegon. Yeah, who we just find how terrible of a person he is. Right. This son, this search for him because they go to the sleaziest places, including children fighting. I With was filed teeth and filed oh. nails so that they could get down and make some damage yeah and i love that i i like that when they got there the two king's guard that were sent from the king were like do we really want to serve this person like look how right. terrible this guy is and I, and so that's something that we see throughout the episode mm-hmm. even is from the both split sides. between those two brothers they're twin brothers i think at least they're brothers yeah 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 well i just and, meant the two pairs of knights both also were having yeah. conversations kind of like oh, he might not well. be yeah, the general consensus is, seems to be that Aegon sucks. Um, you know, Aegon might not be a good king, or, or might just be a, good a good person. Person, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and like you see all these little blonde-haired kids all over Flea Bottom, mm. and it's like, oh, there's one of there's one of Aegon's bastards. Like it's his little children, his little dragon seeds are everywhere. Yeah, he's such an interesting character. Like. He's the king who does not want to be king. And we don't know that much about him outside of that. And we've never really gotten to know him in any meaningful ways. I feel like we know Aemon better than we do Aegon. Aemon. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, I think the next big part here is how there are those two camps. The camps for the queen, the camps for the king, or for the hand of the king, out searching for Aegon. And uh, you're getting me saying the wrong names I now. Know. There's almost. so many. And George yeah, R. R. Martin then, needs to pay for his sins of naming everyone the same or <laughs> like two syllables off. Or... But then the white worm 
meets up mm-hmm. with the members that are with the Hand of the King. And they are basically like, hey, tell us where Aegon is. And she's like, oh, we will, but you got to send that, the Hand down himself because I am demanding respect shown to me. Mm. And so that whole clandestine meeting is happening with the people that were sent, a.k.a. Cole and Aemond, uh, by the hand of the by the queen herself, watching on and be like, "Hey, they're gonna find him. Let's just hang back." And so, the the brothers that were sent by the hand find Aegon. He puts up a fight. Doesn't want to be king. Doesn't want to be taken to his coronation. None of that. And as they're walking out, Aemond and Kristen Cole are like, "Hey, we'll take that." And so they get a hold of him. There's a little bit of a sword fight there, but only one of the brothers is willing to fight for Aegon. And the other one's like, nah, screw him. I'm I'm good. Yeah. And I thought that was itself an interesting little statement piece there. Like, not really rebellion, but like the seeds of rebellion are going on with him. And we see that surface up again in a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think we have some interesting uh, offshoots here. Uh, kind of before that happens, we have the hand calling in all the lords and ladies that are in the Red Keep. Uh, yes. And he's basically yeah. like, this is what happens. King Viserys dead and on his deathbed, he said Aegon should be king. Are you going to bend the knee to the new king? Yes or no? And pretty much all of them If you don't, you're dead. Do, because, yeah, if they don't, their heads are put on a spike. <laughs> going to be put on a spike. I mean, this is actually something we haven't even talked about yet at all, but... Throughout all of this, when all these discussions are happening, the servants are being rounded up and held captive. No one is allowing word of what's happening in the Red Keep outside of the Red Keep. Yeah. And I think everyone's afraid that, hey, Rhaenyra has no idea what's going on right now. Correct. So let's keep it that way. They're, you know, embalming her father, like, in private in his bedroom because they don't want people to know. Because if she finds out, she's going to ride her dragons over here, and then we're going to have conflict. But this way, we can set everything up and get it all done and official, and then we have the entire world or land behind us. And guess what? Sorry, Renair, you're dead. Yeah, your your ta- your claim is worthless because we already have a king that's been sworn in. Mm-hmm. And now, part of this whole secrecy process is Princess Rainey's being locked in her room. Yes, and she takes offense to that, as she should, <laughs> and rightfully so. Yes. Yeah, as she should. I mean, there's this cool conversation between her and Allison, and that conversation was basically <laughs> like a measuring contest, <laughs> and uh, it was just like Rainey's yeah, was like, "Oh, you're very bold for coming in here and saying this," and her facial expression is just like, "I'm done with this crap." Yeah, yeah, and so like we already mentioned um, in our introduction of the episode here, like how Rainey's rises up with her dragon there mm, so and awesome they forgot she that was, was a, a really cool scene yeah i forgot like she actually was still a dragon rider i was like oh maybe they're just gonna age her out of it but no oh. she's still like this episode was to remind you hey i'm a badass myself you know like i have all these nieces and nephews that are going on like that might be their story in your opinion but this is me i'm still an important player in this game mm. And so she rises up out of those floors there. And I was thinking, I was like, oh, is that the beast in the boards mm-hmm. that uh, we were being warned about by Helena Targaryen I earlier? so. She brought it up again in this episode, yeah. She did, yeah. So I was, I'm thinking that too. 
Um, like we said, we'd look back on it and say, oh, that's what she was talking mm-hmm. about. But she was led out of the castle and basically freed by this rebel Kingsguard, basically, who was like, you know, I've had enough of serving Aegon and the High Towers. Let's get you out of here. I know that you are, you know, a true Targaryen, that you are uh, worthy of more respect than what you're being treated. Let's get you out of here. And she goes, and she goes to the coronation of Aegon. And I'm going to just flip back. I'm just going to go through her little story real quick oh, yeah, here. Yeah, absolutely. And while she is being led away out of the city, she gets, like, wrapped up in the crowd and gets, like, swarmed into that coronation ceremony. She's watching it for a bit. And then she's like, you know, let me just get out of here. And so she sneaks away, gets her dragon. That's when she busts up. And she has that stare down with Alicent and Aegon mm-hmm. and everyone else that's in the Right. She could have ended it all, saved us four seasons of television, but she's like, no, I'm not about that life. I'm I'm here to make a statement, not to, you know, impact this civil war that much. Although she does fly right to Rhaenyra afterwards yeah. and tells her what's going on. As she and so, yeah. if she was going to do that, then she should have just, just done it because them. that was going to save that's going to save so much bloodshed and everything else. But I'm sure on yeah. the on on her, when she's flying away, she's like sitting there kicking herself, like, "Oh, I should have let you eat them." Because the thing is, is that she already killed innocent peasants oh, by rising ton. up out of the floor. Then, yeah. And so, if it was like she decided not to cause any more death. That's a bad reason. It's yeah. because of plot armor that she did not kill them. Correct. And that's the sole reason why. And if that's the reason why, why even have her do that in yeah. the first place? It would have been cool if she like went to do it and they like ran behind. They, you know, they just they just right. got out of the way or something. Like make it more eventful a little bit there because or like one of the Kingsguard jumps in front of her and like takes well, that like gets turned to ash or whatever. Well, you know what I mean, mean the, that would have still gone. Through. Yeah, yeah. There's there's better ways they could have done it because I don't think the stare like the stare down while powerful, but then letting her go and she's going to go and fight them anyway just seems stupid. Right, a little bit, you know. Right, it's like I'm going to let you go now. I'll come back and I'll fight you properly later. It's like what? But or at least putting tell... that one poor decision aside. Yeah, was still a cool scene. Oh no, yeah, and overall, like, I mean, as an ep- like. As an episode, like you said, it was very much slowed down, but it needed to be for all these small pieces yeah, to start fitting into place. We also saw, um, we saw the return of Sir Strong, or not Sir Strong, uh, Lord Strong. Yeah, Lars Strong or whatever his I name is. I just said Lord. <laughs> yeah, Lord Strong. I don't remember <laughs> his first name. That's a better way to do it. I don't know. He's the only strong left, so. Um, and... So we see he has a foot fetish in the show now, which was a little weird. <laughs> well, it kind of makes sense because he has, like, a leg thing. He has the club foot. Yeah. So I was like, okay, so you're going to you're gonna do that. That's going to be your uh, your little sexualization of Alicent is, like, you're going to let Lara Strong get down on some of her feet. Okay. That was definitely a choice. Mm-hmm. Whatever. I, you know, he disgusts me. The entire, that entire side of the family disgusts me, except for Amon. 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 Amon's cool. <laughs> no, Amon is really cool. Uh, he definitely 
it has like that Damon vibe. Oh yeah, from which is why it's cool. The season for sure. Yes. Um, but we we jumped around quite a bit here. Yeah, sorry. Let's jump back to Aegon Targaryen getting back to the Red Keep, mm-hmm. and Queen Alicent basically lets her father know that she outmaneuvered him this time, and starts talking with Aegon again, like going and putting those sweet words into his ears that it doesn't matter that you don't want to be king, you're going to be, and you're gonna do, you're gonna just do it, and you're gonna like it. And she kind of, like, hypes him up a little bit to be king a little bit. And throughout all this hype piece here, you start to see Aegon shifting a little bit and becoming more and more okay with the idea that he's going to be king. Until you get to the point where he's actually fully coronated and he does the whole fist raise. Fist raise. Sword and fist raise. Ah, all the crowd goes wild. And he starts to actually enjoy himself. And that's when Rainey's is like, boy, please. Yeah. <laughs> and puts a stop to the coronation Respect piece there. Respect the but, name Targaryen. Right. What were your overall thoughts of just, like, that lead up to Aegon being crowned? I mean, it was believable with his character. Like, we know he has never really wanted to be king, but we also know that he's kind of a... I don't really like a pushover and just wants mm-hmm. power, kind of wants power. And it's like, as long as he has someone there to protect him. <laughs> well, I want to even say that he wants power. It's more like he's okay. Yeah. Being powerful. Sorry, he likes to abuse power. Exactly. Yeah. He likes taking advantage of weaker people. Yeah. I mean, with all the women he's taken advantage of, that should be a mm-hmm. clear definition. Watching little kids fight for his amusement. Like he, he enjoys that stuff. He enjoys that imbalance of power. Yeah. So I think, you know, even as much as he didn't want this because he didn't want to die and he didn't want to have to worry about all that responsibility being on him, his mom hyping him up and he's probably sitting there thinking about how he'll be able to get away with anything now. Yeah. Being king is the ultimate imbalance of power. Yeah. Just ask Joffrey. Yeah. Well, that's years and years to come. Oh, I know. I know. But (laughs) hopefully his story, Aegon's story, ends a lot worse than Joffrey's did. I mean, that is a pretty bad way to die, so I don't know. (laughs) Well, I know, but I I want it even worse. (laughs) Joffrey was terrible. Oh, man, okay. But I always just think, uh, I'm skipping ahead here, obviously, but I'm always just thinking about the Red Wedding and how bad the Starks got it and... I just yeah. always want these evil characters to just get it so much worse. <laughs> See, that's the thing, though. So just talking about George R. R. Martin and Song of Ice and Fire, the, the world of Ice and Fire basically in large here, mm-hmm. that's part of what I really enjoy about the series is that there are some good characters, but are they really that good? There are some bad characters who are complicated, too, that have some redeeming qualities. Mm-hmm. Some. There's a lot. Some. And there's also just straight bad characters. There are some very few straight bad and straight good characters, but it's a lot of that gray. And that's what's very entertaining and very intriguing about the world of Ice and Fire, in my opinion. I'd agree. Is just how there's you can understand the perspective from a lot of characters. Yeah, I'd agree with that. But getting back to this episode here real quick. um, What were your overall thoughts, though, on, like, we have that... We have all of that going down. We have the end of the episode where Renera and Rainies are together and they are basically 
saying like, okay, it's going to be war. I'm as sad as it sounds. I'm just like terrified because I just want the happy ending, but it's not going to happen that way. And honestly, (laughs) if I remember, if I could remember just some of the lineage, I'd probably know who already wins this or survives this, I guess, but I'm pretty sure it's not going to be (laughs) Renera. Yeah. And I, I have heard, I haven't really researched it, but maybe next episode will be Logtown. I don't know. Battle of Logtown? I'm not sure. Is that like a big thing? Um, I can't tell you anything I know. Okay. But let's get into the, some predictions really quick. Here. So what are your what are your thoughts about like what you would like to see for the season finale? And like what are you expecting to see for the season finale of House of the Dragon season one? What I liked would have would have liked to have seen is just like the entire house of the f- hand and the foot <laughs> uh, <laughs> eradicated by uh, Rainies, but that's not going to happen. So my predictions for what's coming up is obviously wow, uh, Renera is going to call her banners to her or the people who are still loyal to her, and it's gonna, that's going to be really intriguing because I mean say what I will about them. They, the Hand and his family has been very smart, mm-hmm. and Queen Allison's been very smart. They've eliminated a lot of her supporters. Yes. So it's it would just be the people who aren't there. But there are some major houses in play here. We have the Eerie. We have Driftmark. We've got Dragonstone. Mm-hmm. And those are pretty big, you know, pretty big um, places. So They also I, mentioned I Storm's End and the Baratheons as well. Mm-hmm. That's true. Storm's End's... Oh, they support them? The Baratheons? I don't know. Like, as far as, like, open houses that were still on the board, they mentioned them. Oh, yeah, yeah. They did. Oh, sorry. Uh, yes. It'll, it will be intriguing. They're going to try to win a lot of these different houses to their sides. I think that's the na- next thing. And then there will be, I think, some smaller battles to ha- sort of start... Sort of start settling this out. And, of course, we're going to have some betrayal. that We already know that's going to happen at some point. Of course it's going to be betrayal. Whether that's to uh, Queen Allison and her crew or to Rhaenyra. I think we're going to have a lot of dragons, though. That's what I'm hoping for, at least. Well, I mean, because... it is called... So we are in, full on in the Civil War now. The Civil War, mm-hmm. which is known as the Dance of Dragons. Of the dragons. So, so probably a lot more dragons. There's going to be dragon fights, which I'm looking forward yeah. to. And that is going to mean expensive show budgets, but I'm pretty sure they're willing to put the money where yeah. it needs to go. Well, and I guess the next season's not coming out for another two years. Oh, that's, that's, yeah. that hurts. Yeah, it does. But it's good for us in terms because The Witcher comes out next August, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, so just talking about like what I think is going to happen next episode mm-hmm. there, I really don't feel like I should say what I think is going to happen, but um, I... Uh, you want me to just take my headphones out? No, because it's still going to spoil it for anybody else because I do know like some of the progression and everything. Um, okay. But what I'll say is that I'm... Maybe a, what you'd like to see. I'm. I would like to see some some good dragon-on-dragon dragon fights. I would I would like to see some good some more foot licking some no no more foot licking um, or or looking no licking or looking <laughs> um, but I would I would like to see some good battles and I'm looking forward to seeing like what this opening blow that Renera is going to strike will actually look like yeah I'll be intrigued to see it too all right well getting down to it. 
the next episode comes out Sunday, so super, super close. It will be out by the time this episode is released, but we I'm definitely looking forward to it. With all that being said, this is going to be Two Nerds signing off. See ya. See ya.